0: Hey everyone, thank you for joining the Pastor Resources Podcast. Hope you enjoy the reading of our latest article. The perfect church. This is one phrase I've been told over and over again throughout my time in the church world. There is no perfect church. I hate this statement, passionately hate it, when people say this to me. Why? because it makes us sound lazy, and it allows us to make excuses, and it's wrong. There is a perfect church, the one that Jesus established. Jesus didn't become one of us, die for us, and then say, Hey, I think I'll start the no-perfect church to help redeem the world. Jesus didn't leave us with a broken system that doesn't work to spread the gospel all over the world broken people broken world yes the church is made up of people who are broken but Jesus knew that when he started this whole thing it wasn't like Jesus had this idea that everybody was going to be perfect and that everything was going to go according to the way that he planned, but what he did do was tell the early believers how to live as a body, how to treat one another, how to pray, how to preach, and how to share the message that he had come to save the world and that it worked perfectly as he had intended. He even told them how to handle things when they messed up. 1 John one nine, uh, James chapter five verse sixteen, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen, John makes it really clear that his first letter to the Johnians community, when he said, "I am writing you, my dear children, so that you might not sin," but when you do know that you have an advocate, one that stands between you and the Father, the righteous one. 1 John 2, verse 1. Jesus made it clear to John that his desire was for his followers not to sin, but his desire for his followers was for when they did to confess it and trust Him for forgiveness. The problem? We defined perfection wrong. We defined it as, I like the music, I get fed uh, from the preaching, my kids really like the youth ministry, I have a big budget, or and so on and then as soon as one of those get off track or as soon as we find ourselves in a a broken relationship and and unable to resolve the conflict or as soon as we don't like where the money goes or as soon as i'm i'm just not getting fed then we decide to begin to look for another place to worship and while sharing our hearts with our friends we justify leaving that church this way i know there's no perfect church but i like the music scripture is clear we are to sing hymns and praises together we are even going to do this in heaven as seen by john in the book of revelation however Here, we think we must have the right style, volume, songs, etc., for us to connect with the Lord. Sure, there are some guys who lead that I literally get more into the music with. Those guys are typically better artists, more talented with their voices or instruments, and either... or could be making a lot more money in the music industry than on Sunday a.m. worship services. My inability to engage during worship is much more about my lack of depth than it is about the guy on stage. Next, I learn from the preaching more or the teaching I have always loved the quote, If you're not feeding, it's because you're not eating. (laughs) Do you have a daily time when you read your Bible and spend time studying and memorizing it on your own? If you answer yes, then you may be missing some things during your time with the Lord. You may not be hearing some things correctly from Him. I'm just saying, I've yet to see the scripture where Jesus tells us to grade our church experience the way that we do, but yet, we do. My kids really like the youth group. (laughs) You as a dad, mom, parent, are, are charged with the shepherding of your own children, Deuteronomy 6. Says this in Ephesians 5 and 6. The greatest place of influence for your kids' perspective on Jesus is going to be one, Jesus, and two, you. (laughs) That does not negate the need for the gospel community. Your kids need community. You need community as you raise your kids in a crazy time in our world. Here's what you're looking for. In a ministry, one they actually communicate the gospel clearly with consistency romans three twenty three romans six twenty three five eight eight, nine, and thirteen Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, Titus chapter three, verse five. they practice and teach the art of confession with biblical community. If they do these two things well, there's not much else you need. All the games, flair and fun, they're really cool and they get a bunch of kids in a room to have a lot of fun. But the student ministry that puts the gospel and the dealing with your sin as a top priority will change the world. We have a big budget, money, or resources, are a major player. It should be normative for a believer to give their time and their money to spread the gospel. You should on a daily basis be looking to see who you can share the gospel with each day. Every day when you get in your car, you should start your drive by saying, Jesus, please give me an opportunity today to tell someone about you and then actually do it when when it comes up. We should regularly be looking for opportunities to give money away to someone in need, a ministry that is on the edge of the earth sharing the gospel and feeding people who are dying of hunger. Those things should be normative. If a pastor of a church is not doing these two things and making that the norm for his church, Then, yeah, it's not perfect and it's not even trying. You are right for saying that you are unlikely to find a place that in every way meets the needs you think you have the way that you think they should be met. You may even think that you have a solid biblical argument for why the church you attend is not perfect and why you should begin to look somewhere else. What I'm saying is that most of the time, our reasons are wrong, and we may have missed the whole point in Scripture. So, the statement, there is no perfect church, is actually all about you. However, the church that Jesus established is perfect because He made it. He ordained it. He commissioned it. To do what it's supposed to do. The problem is, we quit doing it. Yes, I've left the church before because I did not like something, and that was about me. It was my imperfection and projecting upon something else so I didn't have to look at me, so I didn't have to deal with my issues. So that others didn't know that I was not right. But I've also left a church not because it wasn't perfect, but because I had no desire to even make an effort to be the church God designed it or me to be. There are two points I really want to hammer home here. Number one, try. Yes, we are not perfect. But if the weight of responsibility that Jesus has placed on us, in light of the fact that he died for us, we probably ought to try. Number two, obey. The perfect church is the one that does what Jesus told us to do over and over and over and over and over and over again. What does the perfect church do? We deal with sin. We love each other really well. We tell others about Jesus every time we get a chance. We give our money whenever there is a need that we can meet. We serve the church body with our gifts and or where there's a need. We know the scripture and give wise counsel based solely on it we pray a lot. The perfect church is the one Jesus is at. When the church does what Jesus made the church to do, then it is the perfect church. It just is. When we decide as followers of Jesus to live fully devoted to the Word of God and the basic normatives Jesus has said a believer does as a part of the church, we will begin to see God move in our lives, in our homes, in our marriages, our relationships, in our workplace, (laughs) in our churches, in ways that he's not now. I know I cannot speak for the Lord, but these things seem to be what's consistent in the places where God is moving in crazy ways right now. What I'm saying is, we know when we are with someone who has been with Jesus. We know when Jesus has radically changed. Someone's heart because they are radically different than everyone else. As soon as we allow Jesus to make us that, things will be different. I am praying that Jesus saves everyone in this city, praying Jesus saves everyone on this nation, praying that Jesus saves everyone in this world, and He lets us watch Him do it. If you have a thought, a question, an argument, a whatever, I'm more than happy to engage in a conversation with you. You can reach me at stellofellow at gmail.com. My name is Casey Hubbard. I am a former pastor living in Texas. I own a business with my wife, coach high school football and polo vault, and I write about family, faith, fashion, and fitness. I believe those of us who say we know Jesus are in desperate need of a change in the way we do things. I've spent my entire life as a part of the church in some capacity. I met Jesus when I was 18, and I've spent the last 20 years serving in the church in some capacity. 13 plus years of that was as a paid staff member or professional Christian. The last four years of my life, I've been trying to process what it means to not be on a church staff and still hold that as such a vital part of mine and my family's life. It's been educational, to say the least, having lived on this side of the table now for a few years giving me a better understanding of what I was truly asking the people who sat in the churches I served in to do. Trying to find a way to appropriately handle all that I have experienced in the church, I decided to begin to write. You'll find more articles and podcasts at www.stellofellow.com